This is an ABC podcast. This is Baby Talk Podcast with Penny Johnston. No doubt about it, the economy is on everyone's mind right now. Possibly the only thing that might be scarier than COVID-19. The lockdown, the slowing of industry, just our generalised fear of what might happen next has kept us all on the edge of our seats. But no matter what your politics are, here in Australia, we can be very grateful that the government has rallied and tried to put payments and procedures in place to help as many people as possible. And thankfully, those payments are very clearly targeted at families and children. I've had so many friends who've been grateful to take up the offer of free childcare. Other friends grateful for the JobKeeper payments. But with an end to the free childcare, many families I know are wondering about what next. Services Australia are a combination of three big departments, Medicare, Centrelink and the Child Support Agency. And Hank Yongan is their spokesperson. In relation to all of our payments now, we encourage people, you know, why wait in a phone queue to provide us with this information when in fact you can do it online? So what we're doing is we're encouraging people to open a MyGov account, link that MyGov account to their Centrelink payment, and then you can start doing business with us online. Now, if you're anything like me, you're almost too terrified to ask a question because you're worried that maybe you've been overpaid or forgot to declare something that was important. But Hank is here to assure us that everything is falling into place to try and make it as easy as possible for families to get the information they need and payments as quickly as possible. Hank, thank you for talking to us on Baby Talk. Centrelink is the huge government department that provides most of the financial support and subsidies for families these days. In relation to payments, most of them are actually fall within the gamut of Centrelink. And the most obvious one, of course, is family tax benefit, which is aimed at helping with the cost of raising children. Family tax benefit part A is the most common payment. It's paid per child. And usually payments are up to about $246 a fortnight, of course, depending on individual circumstances. Now, Family Tax Benefit Part B is extra for single parents or for single income families. It is subject to an income test and it depends on your circumstances, but it's an additional about $160 per fortnight per child. And then there are, of course, then, as we'll also be discussing, there's childcare subsidy, which is paid directly to childcare providers to subsidise the cost of fees. And again, it's based on family income and activity test, which is determined by how many hours parents either engage in work or study or related activities. And then associated with that are a range of other I suppose you'd call them associated payments for families, which includes things like parental leave pay within family tax benefit. There's a newborn supplement that's paid at the time of the birth of a child. And look, the best source for this information is the Services Australia website, servicesaustralia.gov.au. If you go to the front page and scroll down a bit, you'll find a service and payment finder. 
It's a button. Click on that. If you answer a few questions, it'll actually steer you in the right direction and give you an indication of the various payments you may be eligible for. And this is worth checking out for anyone who's had a baby because you don't automatically get registered for all of these payments. No, that's true. And look, as I said, family tax benefit is the most common. I think it's, don't quote me here, but I think we pay about 2.5 million families around the country. But look, the good news is, even though if you're not familiar with the system, the system itself is geared around family tax benefit. You know, any medical advisors, hospitals are all well geared to equip parents to go through the initial processes of qualifying for family tax benefit. Does this happen when you register your baby? Do they automatically get a a Medicare number? Or a lot of families I know going in for childcare was the entry point for us registering for payments. Yes, that's true. Look, at the time of the birth of a child, once that child is registered, they receive what's colloquially known as a CRN. A Centrelink reference number is what that stands for. Now, it's interesting because that number becomes your reference number for life. And, and, uh, you know, during the recent pandemic um, um, uh, uptick, when people were uh, desperately claiming for job seeker payment, that CRN number became a crucial piece of information to streamline the claim process. So that CRN number is the key to ongoing eligibility and entitlement. So it's a really important number to keep a hold of because... <laughs> yes. We had a lot of people contacting us about job seeker payment and in many instances we said, go and talk to your mum because chances are <laughs> you've got a CRN number yeah. already. <laughs> well, it's one of those numbers that you have to keep somewhere important. It will drive you nuts if you can't find it. So write it down in a lot of different places. I guess <laughs> it's like we see on American TV shows. It's your social security number. Well, look, that's one way of thinking of it. It most certainly is a reference which enables us to very quickly confirm who you are. And it's part of the identification verification process that we have to go through. As you can appreciate, as with banks, we have to go through a formal process of confirming ID uh, because, after all, you know, it results in payments. Now, not only are we in a pandemic with a lot of difficulties going around, we've also rolled over to a new financial year. Does that bring with it some more information that families need to feed into their database for your departments? The answer is yes. Look, the end of the financial year is a is a key time for us. And look, we'll, I'll be going through the detail of what families need to know. Just from the outset, if you want an online tool that gives you a bit of an insight into uh, what it is we'll be talking about, go to Services Australia website and look for a, a tool, what families need to do at tax time. It's the best starting point to find out what you need to do. But look, In answer to your question, what you do need to do if you've received family tax benefit or childcare subsidy for that matter, it is necessary for you to confirm your income over the past 12 months. And you do that by either lodging a tax return, 
with the Australian Taxation Office through MyGov, or if you're below the tax threshold, advising us that you don't need to lodge a tax return, and you can do that through your Centrelink app or, again, your Centrelink online account through MyGov. Now, there's one category of families that don't need to do this, but it's very specific. If you've received family tax benefit and you're single and you were on an income support payment for the whole of the financial year, by that I mean uh, you may have been receiving parenting payment or job seeker payment for the full financial year with no other income, then you don't need to do anything because, of course, we've got the all the information we need to balance your family tax benefit payment, which is the process that we go through at the end of the financial year. Why is it important, the income confirmation process? Yep. Some of us get asked, what is your expected income for the year? And for someone like me that's just a straight wage earner, that's reasonably easy. But my husband, who does lots of freelance work, that's very difficult to predict. Yes, it is. But look, maybe if I just explain what that balancing or reconciliation process is first, uh, uh, you know, that'll give people a better understanding. Family tax benefit, as the name implies, is actually part of the tax process. And it was introduced many years ago by the government with the intention of providing families with an end of financial year lump sum payment to help with the cost of raising children. However, 95% of families choose to receive their family tax benefit fortnightly in advance. And as I said, that's 95% of families, they want the money and access to that money upfront. So what we do is we pay it in advance, but we base that on an income estimate that's provided to us. So families provide us with a, an income estimate. We assess their ongoing eligibility for family tax benefit and we pay that fortnightly. But what that means is at the end of the financial year, we have to reconcile or balance um, the income that's been disclosed to us and the payments we've made against a family's actual income. And we do that, as I said, through the tax return. So at the end of the financial year, that's why families either have to lodge a tax return or tell us that they don't need to lodge one. Now, of course, what that means is, it gets back to your point, the importance of providing us with an accurate estimate. And the reason for that is, of course, because we want to avoid a debt at the end of the financial year. So getting to that point of people with fluctuating incomes and their difficulty I guess really my best piece of advice is estimate as accurately and as often as you can. You can review your estimate on a regular monthly basis and provide us with updated information. What some families choose to do is to be a bit conservative and therefore they overstate their income slightly. Again, just as a little measure to try and mitigate the chances of an overpayment at the end of the year. Another option that's available for family tax benefit is to go back to the original purpose of family tax benefit. If you can afford it, you may want to choose to claim it as a lump sum at the end of the financial year, in which case 
you mitigate the risk, risk of any overpayment. At the end of the financial year, we'll do an assessment. You will receive a lump sum family tax benefit. And in addition to that, of course, you'll receive the supplementary payments, which are also part of the family tax benefit system. That does sound like a good idea. And I didn't realise that you could make those changes month by month because, you know, there will be families now that have got a really different set of income situations with, yes. with working and not working. Look, that's very true. And and right now, of course, a lot of people who may be on JobKeeper payment uh, will have incurred a reduction in their overall income. And on that basis, they're eligible for an in- potentially eligible for an increase of family tax benefit. So again, we'd encourage them to uh, update their income with us so that we can adjust that. And I might add, those same principles that I've outlined equally apply to childcare subsidy. Again, childcare subsidy is based on income estimates over the course of the financial year. And again, we have to balance at the end of the financial year. Can families inadvertently acquire a debt for the childcare subsidy if their income turns out to be a bit higher than they expected? Yes, as I said, it's the same principle. Look, there is a difference with childcare subsidy though. Again, the amount of subsidy is paid based on your income estimate. Some families, as I said, choose to slightly increase the income details they provide to us to mitigate against an overpayment. But within the childcare subsidy, there's another mechanism. We actually withhold 5% of your eligibility, again, to mitigate against any debt. And at any point in time, you can request that we increase that withholding. For example, some families choose to withhold 10 or 15% of their entitlement, which means if they've correctly declared over the course of the year, again, it'll result in a bit of a top up at the end of the financial year. This sounds like a lot of years of your department sort of refining and working out the pitfalls that families find themselves in to try and make it as easy as possible. That's very true. Look, family tax benefit has been uh, balanced or reconciled in this way now for about 18 years. So most families are familiar with the way the process worked. What we were concerned about is last year, was the first year for the childcare subsidy. It was the first year that was introduced. And we were aware that a lot of families were not familiar with these processes and therefore didn't understand the importance of the need to lodge a tax return on time. So we've actually put a lot of effort into ensuring that families that receive childcare subsidy for that first time are aware of this requirement. And my message right now is, if you received childcare subsidy last financial year, 2018-2019, then it's really important that you get your tax return in as soon as possible so that we can do that balancing. Your departments are the ones that seem to be the most scary to contact because sometimes it's it's just easier not to know what's going on because nobody wants to end up with a, a debt or you know money that they're owing and sometimes it's sort of complicated to find out but you really are trying to make it as accessible as possible. 
Well, look, I'd, I'd feel really disappointed if people felt fearful of approaching us. I mean, as you can appreciate, nobody wants to incur a debt or to owe money. But the, the way to avoid a debt, of course, is to be accurate in relation to the information that you provide us. And that's why we keep emphasising the importance of providing us if you change your circumstances, if you change your address, if you change jobs, if you, if you get a pay rise, if you're suddenly out of work or a reduction in your income, then it's really important to let us know. And of course, we've put a, a hell of a lot of effort into ensuring that you can do that easily. In relation to all of our payments now, we encourage people, you know, why wait in a phone queue to provide us with this information when in fact you can do it online? So what we're doing is we're encouraging people to open a MyGov account, link that MyGov account to their Centrelink payment, and then you can start doing business with us online. And not only do we encourage you to open a, an online account, but better still, we'd say to you, download the Centrelink smartphone app. Because that really means you can do business with us in the palm of your hand. And what that means is you can provide us with address information. You can provide us with details of your income. The key bits of information we need can be provided to us simply through that app. In fact, even documents that you are required to lodge with us uh, can be photographed on your smartphone and uploaded through the app. Not only the Centrelink app, but of course, there's also a Medicare app as well. And for the people who have in the past, and I would count myself as one of them, a bit worried about spending half a day just hanging on the phone waiting to be next in line, apparently your response times have improved out of sight. Yes, this is true. Look, as a result of the pandemic, we had to do a number of things to respond to the government's directions to us. Firstly, we had to put massive effort into upgrading our online capability and systems. Everyone saw the queues out the door of Centrelink offices, and that distressed everyone, including us. And what it meant was we had to come up with contactless solutions uh, to ensure that people could claim, uh, provide us with the information we needed, and get onto payment as quickly as possible. And it's like turning around an ocean liner, but we did it. The people that work behind the scenes for us put in phenomenal effort, 24-7 type arrangements to get that done. The other part of it is, of course, the government provided us with additional resources. We mobilised public servants across the country and brought them into Services Australia, trained them up to help us deliver those services. And of course, our contracted service delivery partners also recruited extra staff to enable us to respond to this unprecedented demand that we'd never been faced with before. And to give you some idea, we've processed something like since March, mid-March, we've processed 1.4 million job seeker payment claims. Now, to give you context, in a normal year, we would process around 500,000. A lot of people I know did take up the free childcare during the pandemic and that ended 
this last weekend. What is there available for families who might want to continue with childcare? Yes, it's true. There, there are really two categories of families in relation to childcare subsidy. And I'll talk firstly about those that made use of the free of charge childcare that had never previously received childcare subsidy. In other words, this was their first experience. Uh, we'd not previously assessed their eligibility for childcare subsidy. They came into the system as a result of the pandemic. Well, look, what I'd say to those people is if you want to continue receiving childcare subsidy into the future, now is the time to lodge an application for childcare subsidy so that we can assess your eligibility. And you can do that again, you can do it online, talk to your childcare provider and they'll set you on the path to lodging an application. Now for other families who have been using the free childcare subsidy, but who had previously been receiving childcare subsidy, they will automatically continue to receive childcare subsidy from the 13th of July. However, that childcare subsidy will be based on the information that you previously provided us. So really, there are five things I think those families need to check. Firstly, check their income estimate, because it's quite likely that families may have been employed at the time. They may now be on JobKeeper or JobSeeker, have incurred a, a loss of income and therefore may be eligible for an increase in their childcare subsidy. So now's the time to check the family the income estimate that you've provided. Also check your activity hours. By that I mean the hours you're working or the hours that you're studying, etc. Because again, your activity hours is one of the factors that affects your eligibility for childcare subsidy. And I have to say, the government's built more flexibility into the system there, but it pays you to check your activity hours and make sure they're up to date. The third thing is to make sure your child is immunised and up to date with their immunisations, uh, because that's a factor in determining eligibility for childcare subsidy. Also check your child's enrolment. Make sure the details of the child are correct with your childcare provider. And just this is my little reminder, remember if you receive childcare subsidy in 2018-19, last financial year, then now's a good time to make sure you've lodged last financial year's tax return so we can square things away for you. Now, is there any other support for families affected by COVID-19? Look, uh, during the pandemic, of course, at the peak, the government did introduce free childcare families. The government's also announced a range of different measures to relax the rules as a result of the pandemic. Uh, some of those relate to the activity test uh, for childcare subsidy. Now, another payment that's available for families during the pandemic, of course, from us, bearing in mind JobKeeper is administered by the tax office, but uh, JobSeeker payment has specifically been increased with a, a supplement of $550 a fortnight. So the rate of JobSeeker payment has effectively doubled during the period of this pandemic 
and until the date I recall is the 24th of September. However, as you'd be aware, the government has announced that it will be making some announcements in relation to that in the very near future. But that additional supplement is $550 per fortnight uh, paid to both members of a couple uh, in addition to the normal rates of payment that apply. And of course, there's the economic support payment. The The second one is coming soon. Yes, that's correct. Oh, I'm glad you reminded me. That's all right. Yes, the second, the second uh, $750 payment will be made to people who receive Centrelink payments like age pension, disability support pension, families that receive family tax benefit and holders of pensioner concession cards. However, if you are receiving an employment-related payment like job seeker payment or youth allowance, then you won't receive the $750 supplement payment because you're already receiving an additional $550 a fortnight through until the uh, towards the end of September. So the $750 payment is going to about, I think, about 5 million families. And in total, it's worth about $3.8 billion, which is being injected into the community. The other important thing, because again, this is really important, you don't need to do anything. People who've received the March payment would know we will start payment from about mid-July through to the end of July. It's paid progressively over about a two-week period. It is paid automatically. There's no need to ring us. There's also no point in trying to ring us to ask if the payment can be made early. It is an automatic process and payments will simply be made progressively. Because Victoria is the the state that's gone back into lockdown, are there special arrangements for Victorians at the moment? Uh, Look, again, we recognise that many people are in lockdown, I forget what the term is, lockdown, quarantine. (laughs) Obviously, what the government has done is directed us to be very flexible in administering our payments. Firstly, let me say that no one will be disadvantaged as a result of not being able to come into one of our offices or to contact us. In relation to job seeker payment, mutual obligations that you know that require you to look for work and to have a job plan have been relaxed somewhat in recognition of the, the environment within which we find ourselves in the state of the economy. So although we will be asking people to contact their job active organisations and to develop job plans, the reality is we will not be penalising people in relation to those requirements. The other thing, of course, is that, uh, as I've already indicated, the rules relating to eligibility for childcare subsidy have also been relaxed. And the government has also put in place a moratorium on debts, which means, and and that was announced in April for a six-month period, which means until about the end of October, if people incur a debt, we will not be taking action to recover that debt until after October. 
And again, this is in recognition of the fact that many people are experiencing financial difficulties at the present time. So this moratorium will means that we won't be raising debts or seeking recovery of any new debts that might be occurring. And I might I add that for people that are currently repaying debts, if you're experiencing financial hardship, then I'd encourage you to talk to us uh, because there is a possibility that we could adjust or stop your repayments for a short-term period in order to help through these difficult financial times. Hank, is there anyone we've missed out on? There is just one little group in in conclusion that we haven't talked about, and that's grandparents. There's a couple of hundred thousand grandparents around the country who've actually taken over the full-time custody and care of children for whatever reason. Now, it's important for those grandparents to understand they are eligible for the full suite of families-related payments. They can receive family tax benefit and they can receive the other sorts of payments that we have talked about because effectively they are the parents of children. So I just want to make that point as well, because as I said, there's a couple of hundred thousand of those families around the country. The website is a great place to start off with. Phoning is much easier than it has been. And the idea of registering for a MyGov account and putting your tax return in will make life a lot easier. Absolutely. And again, there's no rush with your tax return. If you can afford it, people are always keen to get their tax refund as quickly as possible. But if you can afford it, wait until later in July, because organisations like Services Australia, banks, employers, etc., provide information to the tax office, which they then use to pre-populate your MyTax application. And so if you wait until mid to late July, you can see then through MyGov by checking the ATO that whether your return is tax ready or not. And what that does is it eliminates errors because the information that is needed by the tax office is pre-populated into your MyTax claim. So we encourage people if they can afford it to hold off and that way it becomes a much more automated process. Hank Yongan, General Manager of Services Australia, that huge government department that takes in Centrelink, the Child Support Agency and Medicare. At Baby Talk, we are here every week. Last week on Baby Talk, we were still talking about money and how to create a money plan for this incredibly difficult time. Those stimulus payments are going to stop and then what? I think it's really important for families to be having these conversations now around money and to realise this is not business as usual. This is not finances and money as usual. We actually need to make a plan. There are a lot of podcasts about all sorts of different topics about the roller coaster ride of being a parent available on Baby Talk. And you can find the Baby Talk podcast online on our website which you can find just by searching Baby Talk, on the ABC Listen app by searching Baby Talk, on iTunes, again, Baby Talk, Facebook and Instagram as Baby Talk with Penny. I'm Penny Johnston. I'll see you next time on Baby Talk. 
ABC Baby Talk is a weekly podcast on ABC Digital Radio, wherever you get your podcasts and on the ABC Listen app. Like us on Facebook to find out as soon as a new episode is ready. Just search for ABC Baby Talk. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.